Welcome to RST Online. We are a global movement of everyday disciples who are making disciples for generations to come. We are so glad that you would join us for Church Online today, and we believe that God has brought you for a purpose. So if you like the content that you're seeing, go ahead and like, subscribe to this channel, or even just comment where you're from so we can get to know you better. We also ask that you would download the RST app so that you can access today's message notes, as well as check out all of our upcoming events. And finally, if you would like to partner with the mission of RST, you're able to give both online and through the app. Now let's jump into our message. In July 1969, the Apollo 11 mission was completed when Neil Armstrong took the first steps on the moon. 1969, 54 years ago, I was in my early 20s. It's an awesome time. President John F. Kennedy came up, stated, we're going to complete this mission by the end of the decade. And they did, if you believe in that sort of thing. (laughs) I've recently found out there's a group of people who don't believe the moon landing happened, that it was staged, and we have yet to walk on the moon. To which I would say to them, you believe in the moon? (laughs) So this whole mission started in 1961, right? This started eight years before that. These astronauts had to go through crazy training and preparation. They went uh, throughout the United States, different terrains, throughout the world, different terrains. They had to grab all these geological samples. They're preparing for going to the moon, taking photos, grabbing samples, getting the terrain. And so then they also went through all this survival training. So when when the module re-entered Earth after they completed the mission, there's not a lot of controls. So they could have landed way off target So they do all survival training for the desert. They do it for landing in the middle of the ocean. There's all this preparation going into this. Eight years, 1969, they get in the rocket. Three, two, one, blast off. 25,000 miles an hour, bust out of the Earth's atmosphere. 240,000 miles to get to the moon. Once they get there, they start orbiting the moon. Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, they get into the lunar module. They nicknamed it Eagle, which is a sick nickname. Surprised they didn't stick with Lunar Module. Felt like an opportunity there. So they bust off, they eject off the main ship. They're descending to land on the Earth's surface. The computers start malfunctioning, right? So it's on autopilot. Neil Armstrong grabs it, manually lands them to a safe place on the moon. It takes four hours for them to prepare just to get everything ready to go take the photos, to grab the samples. And after four hours, they open the hatch. Ladder goes down. Neil Armstrong walks down. What's he say? That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. One giant leap for mankind. In that moment, 650 million people across the world were watching on TV. 650 million people watched that big moment but so few people saw all the small steps that led up to it. We experience this a lot in our lives where we see these giant leaps. We go, man, I want that leap, but we don't see the small steps that go behind it. We see this in our faith all the time, right? Man, I want to see my marriage restored. I want to beat addiction. I want to see an incredible miracle of God, and I'm seeing other people do it. I'm seeing heroes in the faith. I'm seeing my friends, my mentors. They're experiencing something. God, I want this giant leap. But we rarely see the small steps that lead to it. 
And so this is why at Restoration, our vision is that we are a global movement of everyday disciples, making disciples for generations to come. Right, so what does it mean to be an everyday disciple? It's gonna be on the screen. An everyday disciple is someone who is taking small steps every day towards Jesus, right? Giant leaps come from the small steps every single day. So we are wrapping up our series in Ephesians. This has been an awesome series. Y'all enjoyed Ephesians? Yeah, I'm loving this. So today we're wrapping it up. And uh, Paul, if you remember, is writing this letter to the church in Ephesus. It's not to some royalty. It's not to the leaders of the church. It's actually to the everyday disciples, to the church in Ephesus. And he starts off the whole book talking about uh, the gospel and our identity in Christ because of that. And in chapter four, there's this word, therefore, and he shifts and he pivots to how we should act. How should we operate? How do we live as followers of Jesus and because of this identity in Jesus? And so in the chapter that we're in today, Paul gives us a charge, right? In the end of Ephesians, he gives us this charge and he says that, that our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against people. It's a spiritual battle. So we got to put on the armor of God. Last week, Jason went through the armor of God and I've got to tell you guys, the armor of God just gets me like jazzed up. Like, dude, come on. I got the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, shield of faith. Come on, sword of spirit, let's go. Let's get it. I'm all jacked up. I'm like, oh yeah, let's do it. And right after that, in our passage today, what we're going to see Paul unwrap is that exactly how to be an everyday disciple and that it just takes these small steps. And the risk that we might have in that is we could end up feeling a little bit like, but Paul, I, I geared up. I got everything. I put the armor on. Jason said it last week, no flip-flops. I've got my full night armor gear on. Let's go get it. Let's take the hill. And these small steps are such an important part of being an everyday disciple and walking towards Jesus. And so as we go through this whole passage, I want us to see the three small steps to becoming an everyday disciple. And we're going to pick up at the end of, of Paul encouraging us with the armor of God. In Ephesians 6, verse 17, it says, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So we're to take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And so our first step to becoming an everyday disciple is equip yourself with the word. Equip yourself with the word. Paul uses this analogy of the sword, which is really interesting for the word of God because the sword is for attacking, right? It's for being on offense. We often think the Bible is for defense. Well, you have the shield of faith for defense. The sword is for attacking. It's for taking new ground. It's picking up the sword of the spirit to take that. And so in 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, it says, all scripture, right? All the word of God, all scripture is God breathed. And it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So the word of God, it equips us so that we can go out and fight, we can attack, we can take new ground. Right before Jesus really started getting into his ministry, he spent 40 days out in the wilderness. So the spirit led him out there and Satan tempted him. And we, and we read of Satan tempting him here at the end. And every time Satan tempts Jesus, Jesus responds with the word of God. 
Jesus responds with the word of God. And so Satan says, hey man, if you're the son of God, turn these rocks into bread. Jesus had been fasting that whole time. He knew he was hungry. He's trying to tempt him. And Jesus responds, it is written, Deuteronomy 8.3, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So not only does Jesus model for us how to attack, how to fight back Satan with the word of God, the scripture he quotes says, we don't live on, the, on bread, we live on the word of God. He points that out to us. He, he responds with the word and the word is what we live off of. So the devil then takes him to, to the highest point in the city. He says, hey man, throw yourself off. It says the angels and gods will protect you. And Jesus responds to Satan again. It is also written, Deuteronomy 6.13, do not put the Lord your God to the test. He responds with the word again. And Satan gives it a last try, takes him to the highest mountain. He shows him all the kingdoms. He says, man, I'll let you rule this. I'll give you all of this if you'll just bow down and worship me. Jesus responds, away from me, Satan, for it is written, Deuteronomy 6.16, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Jesus continually shows us how to fight, how to pick up the sword of the spirit, the word of God and fight off Satan. At the end of this interaction, it says that, that Satan left him. And so we're in this spiritual battle, right? Paul told us this isn't flesh and blood, it's spiritual. And so we need the sword of the spirit. And so if, if you're feeling like, man, I've been getting pushed down spiritually lately. I'm in this battle right now and spiritually, man, I'm getting beat down. This is the time to take up the word of God, right? To go on the attack, to attack the lies, to attack the enemy, fight back, take up the word of God. And maybe you're in a good spot right now. You're like, no, man, spiritually, I'm in, a, I'm in a good spot. This is a perfect time. Take up the sword of the spirit. Take the word of God. Take some ground while it's going good. Take some ground. There's a, a movie that came out in the 1990s called What About Bob? Man, okay, the 11 has seen it, good. I was a little light, man. Okay, what about Bob? He's a hypochondriac and he has all these phobias. And so he, he goes to see this doctor, Dr. Leo Marvin. Dr. Leo Marvin. And he gets kind of obsessed with Dr. Leo Marvin and he, he can't stop following, he can't stop doing all these things. And so uh, he, he, he ends up loving Dr. Marvin because he gives him this special tool of how to take baby steps. And so everywhere, Bill Murray plays Bob. He goes, baby steps out into the hallway, baby steps down the hallway, baby steps into the elevator. The door's closing. He like freaks out because he's terrified of elevators. <laughs> but it's, this, it's, it's this awesome scene where you see him just starting to take small step after small step. It's what God has for us. Small step after small step. So our first step is to equip ourselves with the word. The second small step to becoming an everyday disciple is increase our prayer. So however often you're praying now, add one more to your day, right? When, when we pray to God, right? Let's, let's really understand what's happening. We are calling on the Lord Almighty, right? We're speaking to our creator, the creator of the universe. We are tapping into a power so much greater than our own. God can fuel us. He can give us everything we need when we tap into that power. And so the more often we come to him, the more often we draw on his power. And so pray one more time. If you're praying three times, if you pray at every meal, add one when you brush your teeth. If you're praying zero times, pick one time during the day that you're gonna pray. I, I turn on the coffee machine, that's when I pray. Every day, start pick, picking up that habit. When's one time I can be praying? 
So as we increase our prayer, look what Paul says, Ephesians 6, 18, as we continue in our passage, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So this is a a continuation from verse 17, right? To put on the helmet, to grab the sword of the spirit. And he says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions. To put on the helmet, to have the sword of the spirit requires that we pray, right? Satan wants to mess with your mind. He wants you to forget salvation. He wants you by next Saturday to forget you're saved by grace through faith. And so we need to stay alert. We need to stay in prayer to remind ourselves of our salvation, to remind ourselves of the word of God, the power of God that we have to fight off. So we want to pray always on all occasions. The night before Jesus went to the cross, he goes and he prays in the garden of Gethsemane. And his disciples are out in a distance and he says, hey, stay alert, pray. And they keep falling asleep. Haddon Robinson said this about this situation regarding specifically Jesus's prayer. He says, where was it that Jesus sweat great drops of blood? Not in Pilate's hall, nor on his way to Golgotha. It was in the garden of Gethsemane. Had I been there and witnessed that struggle, I would have worried about the future. If he, Jesus, if Jesus is so broken when all he's doing is praying, I might've said, what will he do when he faces a real crisis? Why can't he approach this ordeal with the calm confidence of his three sleeping friends? Yet, when the test came, Jesus walked to the cross with courage and his three friends fell apart and fell away. Prayer is so powerful. It's so needed in our battle. It's so needed in our day-to-day. Prayer helps us to take on the cross with courage. And Paul says, pray on all occasions and not just for yourself, but for others, for all the Lord's people. God has this vision for us, this connection, this unifying peace of when we start praying for each other. Have you felt that before? Have you ever had someone either struggling or doing well and you're praying for them all the time? There's a connection that happens. Even if you're not talking to them and see them, all of a sudden you're running you're like, man, I've been praying for you. I feel so connected. God created it that way. He wants us to be praying for each other, praying for the Lord's people, praying for others. So we want to be everyday disciples who pray for other people and experience the connection and the unity that God desires. And so if you're like, man, I want to I wanna work on some prayer. I want to learn how to pray a little bit more. We do prayer sets every Wednesday morning. 6 to 7 a.m. and 7 to 8 a.m. We've got an awesome team there. It's a great time to just pray, to worship, to to be in touch with the Lord. The uh, other tool I want to share with you guys that I've seen just change people's lives and it's changed mine is when you pray, ask God, send me one person to share you with. God, send me one person. I'll start sharing you with them. I used to have this friend named Tim. (laughs) And uh, yeah, this might be the the last Tim story. If you're new, Tim is a pastor here. He's my best friend. And uh, he always tells this story. If you've been around Restoration or even The Brook, he'd always tell this story about how we met. And 
it always went, we were on the Mines campus where we went to college. He's walking and I came up to him and I said, hey man, I've been praying for you. Now, the advantage of Tim not being here is I can make up whatever I want with this story and he can't refute it. And so what he always leaves out of this story is that he's looking at this map and he's totally lost. You know, come on, Tim. And at Mines, it's kind of, Mines is a little difficult. At orientation, they like get you together. Everyone's in there and they go, hey, look to your left, look to your right. One of you will graduate from this place. Welcome to Mines. Okay, good deal. So I see Tim out there and I'm like, there's no way that guy's making it. We're on the smallest campus in America and he's lost. So I go up to him, hey, I've, I've been praying for you. So if you talk to Tim, tell him, hey man, we just heard the real story of how you guys met, the real story of how we met. But I, do, I remember that season so vividly because I'm coming into college, I don't have anybody. I'm going, God, bring me someone to share you with. God, bring me someone to get into your word. I'm gonna share your word. I'll share the truth with them. God, I, want, I, want, I was praying for a bunch of dudes. I wasn't even praying for one and God sent me one. It's a very dangerous prayer to pray, God, send me someone to share you with because he will answer it. He will answer it and then he's gonna change your life with it. If I had not prayed, God, send me somebody to share you with, I would have missed out. I'd have never met Tim. We'd have never gotten to work together. I'd have never met Jason. I wouldn't be on staff here. I wouldn't know you guys. I wouldn't be on this stage, right? It started with a dangerous prayer. God, send me someone to share you with. Send me one to share you with. And so this leads us to our third small step to becoming an everyday disciple. And it's share courageously. Share what you know about God. If you're like, man, I only know one verse, share it. Share whatever you know about God. Share the gospel. Share and be amazed at what God does with it. I was reading this book in preparation for this. It's called Pray for One. And so uh, the author talks through man, what does it look like to be praying for one? And every day is a different prayer devotional. It's this awesome blend of praying and, and, and discipling. And so he, he says this about his walk with Christ prior to starting to pray these prayers. He says, I confess I have wasted much of my life in vain attempts to make Christianity into something it cannot be. I've stumbled and bumbled through one self-generated mess after another, I've jumped on spiritual bandwagons, followed the hottest trend, and allowed Jesus to become little more than a pop culture icon in my life. I tried to make Christianity about me instead of about Jesus. My primary motivation was for Jesus to serve me and make my life better instead of me serving him to expand his kingdom. Look what he says. My primary motivation was for Jesus to serve me and make my life better instead of me serving him to expand his kingdom. This guy is reading my mail. Man, as everyday disciples, our purpose is for Jesus, right? We're here to, to know him, to love him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and to share him with others, right? Share his love with others. The most loving thing anyone has ever done for me is share the gospel with me to tell me, hey man, there's an eternity after you die. And that eternity can be spent with God or separated from God. And Jesus came to earth, despite you turning your back on God, despite what you've done and going your own way, Jesus came and he died for all of those transgressions. He paid the price for that. So in that eternity, if your faith is in him, you can spend it with God. That is the most loving thing anyone has ever told me. 
And so as we want to do this, we want to share. And the thing that can happen to us is we want to disqualify ourselves. We want to disqualify ourselves from sharing. You go, man, I don't know enough to share. I don't know enough about the Bible. I don't know enough things to share. Share what you know. The disciples had way less education than any of us, right? Share what you know. It's not about knowing, it's sharing. It's about sharing what you do know. The other thing we can disqualify ourselves on is we can go, man, I have some past sin. I can't share. Do you know what I've done? Paul can resonate. Paul killed Christians before he came to Jesus, right? He knows what that's like to have past sin, but he knows he's redeemed and he goes and he shares the gospel anyway. Right? You can discredit yourself if you're like, man, I'm struggling right now. I'm going through something tough. I, I can't share. Look what I'm going through. That makes the share even more powerful. Right? Because God's power is made perfect in our weakness. So if you're going through something, his power is made perfect in it. So we want to share. Don't disqualify yourself. Paul, he ends this letter and he starts stating his need. Right? His, his lacking. Right? He says, man, I, I, need, I need help. Pray for me that I'd share this fearlessly. Right? Pray, I need help. He, he's obviously afraid to share, so he's saying, pray for, you know, pray for me. I want your prayers. And so we can take a breath knowing if Paul needed help, we did too. And also, don't shortchange yourself. You're good at sharing. You've been practicing your whole life. We share all the time. Think about things we share. Uh, movies, TV shows. Hey, have you seen this? We're going to do this. Interesting stories. We share things about uh, what has improved our health. I think half of the women at the Brook have seen this doctor in the Highlands because I hear about her all the time. They're great at sharing. They're like, she changed my life. We're really good at sharing. We share celebrations. Like, man, I got a promotion. We're pregnant. Feels like the right time to tell you guys. Kelsey and I are pregnant with our third. See how I just like slid that right in there? Just felt like the right moment. We're pumped. So we are good at sharing, right? See how I just shared with you? That could be the gospel right there. So we're good at sharing, right? So don't shortchange yourself. And God created us to share. He created us to share his love with others. And so as everyday disciples in small steps, we want to be sharing with people. And so we need to equip ourselves with the word. We want to increase our prayer and we want to share courageously. And if we do these just for really short amounts of time, if we do this every day, man, the church, capital C church will blow up. We will go to the ends of the earth. And so how do we do this? Have you ever had a a long to-do list? You got like so many things on it that you kind of do one and then you spend the rest of the day like watching Netflix, not doing anything. We don't want that in our spiritual walk, right? You don't want that list to be too big where you end up not doing it. And so I want to hone us in into one tool that we can use. And this is the best part. This tool incorporates all the three steps we just talked about. Incorporates all of them. And as an achiever on Enneagram 3, that's like a dream for me. You're like, I can knock this all out in one go? Come on. We share this throughout our whole movement, and it's called SOAPS. It's an acronym, right? S stands for scripture. So we write down the verse that we're looking at. O is observation, what I observe in that verse A is application, so how am I applying this? P is prayer, I'm gonna pray over the scripture, I'm gonna pray in my time with God. And the last S is share, who can I share this with? And so I actually wanna do this, I wanna walk you guys through just how I'm spending my morning right now. Right, so I come downstairs, turn on the coffee pot, it's a great cue to maybe pray an extra one. 
You get your coffee, you sit down. This only takes five to 10 minutes tops, right? You sit down. I like to read one chapter of scripture. So if we're going to read right now, Ephesians 6, right? I read the armor. I do that. I start to highlight. I just mark, hey, did this verse stand out to me? What stood out to me? And so right here, Ephesians 6, 18, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So I write it down. And so that's the scripture that we're starting with. That's the verse that stood out to me. And the next is observation. So what did I observe from this verse? What did I notice? Sometimes I'll just reword it. I'll put it into my own words. I'll go, man, how, how would I say this? Or, or I'll think of something that comes to mind from, that's going on in my life or something I've maybe read a different time and I put it into that observation. So this is what observation looks like in this verse. Prayer is for all occasions, right? Verse just said that, not just for meals or traditional times. Prayer is also not one specific prayer. It's all kinds of prayers and requests. In prayer, it's important to be alert and pray for other people. I just took the verse. I'm putting it in my words. How can I observe what's happening here? That makes sense to me. I'm doing this. So then the next thing that we're going to do is look at the application, right? If we read the word and we understand it, God wants us to obey it. He wants us to apply it. And so I start my application the same way every time. Because if you don't, I start with the, the statement I make is an I will statement. I start with the words, I will. Because if you don't start with I will, your application could get fuzzy. Did I do it? Did I not do it? When you start with I will, you're pretty sure whether you did it or not. So I start with an I will. That's the exact one that I use. And sometimes uh, if you keep doing soaps over and over, you'll notice some of your applications can get uh, internally focused, which isn't bad. But you'll do a lot of soaps where your application is, I'm going to read this, or I'm going to pray this, I'm going to do this. And it's more about yourself. It's good. It's you and God. It's your relationship with God. That's a good thing. But if you do too many of those, you miss out on the outward focus, the share, like the peace that God calls us to with other believers. And so often I'll maybe make two, if that starts happening too much, I'll make an outward one. I'm going to pray for this person. I'm going to share with this person. I'm going to tell this person this. And so we make an application statement. This is the one I made here. I will, that's the start, pray one more time than I'm currently praying. And I'm going to pray for this person specifically, right? The scripture says to pray for all the Lord's people. So I'm going to pray for someone specifically. That's my application. And I'll put their name right there. And then next I go into prayer, right? And I, and I, I like praying the verse that I'm reading over maybe anything that's going on in my life. Um, but one thing that I've always loved, or not always, I recently have learned about prayer that's helped me a lot is that prayer is 50% listening, 50% speaking to God. So instead of 100% speaking to God, we spend half that time actually listening to him. And that's changed the prayer game for me. I, uh, as I listen, I've never heard audibly God's voice say something to me but he puts things in my mind all the time. These ideas or he brings people to my mind. That's how he speaks to me. And I've started to recognize it. I start to love it. I'm like, man, God, I'm craving to hear from you to have this get put into my mind. And then I, uh, during my prayer time, I like to use chat. It's a lot of acronyms. We've got another one coming in here, but chat stands for confess, honor, ask, and thanks. And this is another dream for an achiever that you get the two for one chat in the soaps. And so I like to do the chat because it just helps me organize my prayer. And so I, this, is, this is the chat prayer I put in there, confess. Lord, I confess I don't pray on all occasions. I confess I'm more consumed with myself than you, which is crazy, right? So now moving to honoring God. God, because you are Lord God Almighty. You made me, your kingdom will never end, mine will. So confess and honor puts God in the appropriate place as we start this prayer, 
right? I, I didn't used to do this and it's changed my prayer life because I'm going, God, I'm honoring you, I'm confessing you. I know where you are and I know where I am now. So now let's move into asking things. So I ask, hey, Lord, please help me to increase my prayer. I'm praying right now to pray on all occasions and I pray for this person specifically. That was my application. I just did it right here in the ask. And I thank him. Thank you, Lord, that you love to answer prayers. Thanks that you asked me to pray and be in relationship with you. Thank you for all you've given me. I'm just thanking him and praising him. So I'm praying, I'm done praying with God. And the next thing we do is share. And so either during that prayer time or right when I get here, I go, God, who do you want me to share with? God, who are you bringing to my mind right now that you want to hear this? Another dangerous prayer because he's going to give you someone to share it with. And so I usually uh, handwrite the soaps and I take a picture or I'll uh, do it on my phone or on a laptop so I can send it digitally. Whatever's easiest, whatever's the lowest barrier for you to share. You don't want there to be any barrier for you to share with other people. And so I just put share with RST Church. And so we go through the soaps. And so this is gonna be on the app. All the notes from this soaps is gonna be on the app. And you can do this today, tomorrow, this whole week, working on soaps. And so this is just one way that we take a small step as everyday disciples, right? I just walked through that super quick. It's, it's even quicker when you're in there. And it's such an amazing time with God. He can do so many things with one small step. Um, over the last six weeks, I've gotten to be in this discipleship group with some guys. And one of the guys is uh, Cam Stanley. And uh, Cam has shared some stories with me about how this in particular has completely changed his life. And so I actually want to bring Cam up here to share some of that story. Will you help me bring up Cam? Cam is our youth director, and uh, man, our youth has never been better. Kids are losing their minds. It's the best thing ever. Man, they're growing with the Lord, and uh, man, yeah, we're seeing a ton of growth, and it's so much. Um, Cam's a really fun dude, but it's also because his heart's for the Lord. And so we're super grateful to have him here. But Cam, um, you and I have talked about this story, but will you just share a little yeah. bit? What, uh, what was like your first experience with soaps? Yeah, first experience coming on staff here in April. I was sitting out here, um, like you guys, hearing us talk about soaps all the time. And I was like, man, this is awesome. And I come from a student ministry background. And I'm like, man, um, soaps is so tangible and easy and palatable for middle school students. And um, I've learned in my years in ministry how important it is to do something like mm -hmm. soaps um, and to give tools like that to students. So I'm contemplating on a Sunday morning or, uh, or on the Sunday mornings of what we want to do with our youth. And I'm like, man, we should start teaching them soaps because if they're in a stage where they're starting to become more independent we want to give them all the tools possible in order to own Jesus and for them to be able to walk with him independently. Yeah. So we've been starting to do that, and it's been some of the most fruitful time with our students, just being authentic and real with them and sitting in circles and them diving into scripture and learning this tool. And obviously, you know, if, if I'm going to teach this to them, I've got to model it. So I've started doing it myself, and... Um, yeah, God has really just drawn me near to him since then. I remember when Cam was coming on at the 11, I was like, I have no idea what to do. And Cam's like, we should do soaps. And I was like, okay, sure. And it's just, 
blown up. It's, it's been crazy. It's the coolest. It's, it's crazy. Awesome. All our best stories. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, man, okay, you just started doing soaps then. What have you seen? How have you seen God move? What have you seen him do through that in your life? Yeah. Um, man, God has been so powerful, um, showing me his goodness through just this simple thing. Um, again, everything that Billy is Everything that Billy is teaching, he doesn't just teach this to you guys and not live it out. He's, he's, he's been walking with me personally on this stuff. And um, all of this um, doing I will statements, sharing, praying about uh, God bring me somebody, um, in prayer, doing the talking and the half of it and listening for the half of it. That's all been challenges that we've been doing in our group. And... Um, I think that's the coolest thing about soaps is it's not soap um, where we're just like doing this thing like internally, but it's externally motivated where we're doing something out of it. So our group meets, we're challenging each other. Hey, I will statements. It's half time listening, half time praying. Um, see if God will bring somebody to you. And the first day I do this, literally the first day, uh, I am um, doing my soaps, and I'm starting to I pray to God, and now I'm listening. And I don't know if y'all have ever listened and sat there in silence and, like, trying to hear from God. You're kind of like, what's going to happen here? And um, sure enough, my, um, my mom's name is coming to me. And um, just to kind of give you guys some context with all of that, my, uh, my mom and I come from a pretty shattered past. Um, my mom and dad divorced when I was two. Um, my mom was in prison for my middle school years up into early high school. And um, yeah, her name is coming to me and I'm like, okay, God, like, I'm going to do this. I make my I will statement. I will send my soaps to my mom. Hmm. And um, I do it, and I text her and say, Mom, I love you, and um, I just want to share with you what I've read today. And moments later, literally within the next three minutes, she calls me, and she's crying, and um, she's, she says to me, Cameron, I just got done praying to God and asking for a sign and asking for direction because I've recently been feeling a desire to know Jesus, and I, I don't know what to do. And then I get your text. And, um, football, bacon power tools, I got to do that. Oh, come on, Cam. Um, um she, um, we had a beautiful conversation after that, and um, we um, are, since then, I, you know, I've been walking with her and all of this, and that was about five weeks ago, and in those five weeks, she has bought a Bible, she has done a soaps personally every single day, she's almost read through the entire New Testament. Let's go. My, my family who is, um, is starting to see Jesus coming to her mm-hmm. and uh, hearing her testimony. And 
I've been telling her this. She's kind of been reminding me of the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman at the well, where she met Jesus, and now she's just, all she can do is just go back into the town and say, man, come and see the man that knew everything about me. And we had a conversation about a week later from that moment. I shared with her three circles, and um, which was awesome because I was, I'm such a skeptic in my flesh. And I walked with her through three circles and asked her, where are you? And she said, Cameron, I believe in Jesus and I've accepted him as my savior. I want to follow him as my Lord. And we just start to cry and it has been beautiful. And we ended that conversation praying together and we were just being really real with each other. And I'm just kind of letting her know. I was like, mom, I... I would have never answered that call because I knew that if I answer that call, it's going to be messy and I'm going to be stressed and I'm going to have to work hard. And I used to just want to always minister to who I want to and to the people I want to and push that to the side. And one, it's been so beautiful for my own life to to taste and see how good the Lord is if I'm willing to die to myself, Mm. to do something when I don't really want to. And we finished praying, and she, she says to me, Cameron, thank you so much for answering the call. And um, praise God. My mom is not from here. We are a global movement. She's from Texas. She watches RST online every week. And um, guys, she is, uh, she's here today, actually. And um, I talked with her about baptism, and um, she's going to be baptized at the end of this service. Um, (laughs) It's super awesome. And um, man, who could put God in a box? I've done some really awesome things in the name of Jesus, and um, this has been one of the greatest showings of him doing miracles and moving spiritually in my life. And it came from a text message. And this has, as much as this is a story about me and is about my mom, this is a story about how good God is. And weird. My mom is broken and I'm just like her. And we're just like you. Mm. Like we're just desiring joy and peace and love in this life. And we've tasted and seen and known Jesus is the only thing that's ever going to give that to you. So praise and honor God. Yeah. Amen. Man, we all give it up for Cam. Thanks, Steve. I cry every time I hear that story. There is no shot of making it through that. Um, I don't know where, where you are today. I don't know where, um, when I say everyday disciples, if I say taking a small step and I say, we want to be everyday disciples, are you a little overwhelmed? How do I do this every day? How do I make this a part of every part of my life? It might be overwhelming or maybe everyday disciple sounds too ordinary to you. Man, I want the giant leap. I want to do every day. It's hard for me to take small steps. It's hard for me to share. No matter where you are, I I pray, I hope that that's an encouragement. 
man, that that's an encouragement. That these small steps that we take every day as everyday disciples can change eternity, can have massive impacts. The ordinary, the small steps, the small things we do, God can then come in and do the supernatural. Let's give him space to work. Let's take these small steps. Let's be everyday disciples that take small steps towards Jesus every day. Will you pray with me? (laughs) Heavenly Father, um, you are good. You are so good. We worship you. We praise you. We can't wait to celebrate life change right after this service, God. We're going to go nuts for baptism for what you're doing. Lord, thank you that we have your word. Thank you that we get to pray to you. We get to be in relationship with you, talk with you, walk with you. Thanks for the opportunity to share you, God, that we get to experience the fullness of what you have for us as we share. Lord, thanks for what you're doing here in our movement, what you're doing in each one of our lives, God, as we take small steps to become everyday disciples. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Thanks so much for watching this message with us. Now, as our church responds in person to what they've learned from Billy, we want to give you the opportunity to do the exact same thing. Restoration is a church that believes in the power of prayer and partnering with people in prayer. So go ahead and drop a comment about something that the Lord is doing in your life through this message that we can pray for you and celebrate you. If you feel like this is a message that has changed your life that you think that other people need to hear, go ahead and share that with them. And finally, if you want to partner with the mission of RST to make disciples for generations to come, you can give through our app or online. We love you guys so much, and we cannot wait to see you next week.